Hello and welcome to Pumped, the Insert Podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host Tobias Bogon and I'm talking here with Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downhill to cross country or from triathlon to road racing. And today I'm talking to Australian's road cyclist Tiffany Cromwell. In this episode, we talked about her season, the first steps into gravel racing and how much road racing is a team sport. Hey Tiffany, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast with us. Where are you right now? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm in Sao Paulo, Brazil right now. So that's uh, quite quite far away. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just ended your your season and took a few days off. How, how needed were these days? Yeah, you know, it's been a long season this year with a lot of big highlights, um, including the Olympics. So... Towards the end of the season, I was definitely getting a bit drained, both mentally and physically. And I remember, you know, the last few road races, I was like, all right, <laughs> I need this season finished. And then I finished Paris Bay and I still had, I think it was three or four weeks until my last gravel race of the season in Belgium Waffle Ride in Kansas. So that was definitely like just hanging on. But yeah, so when I finished that, it was, it was like... I can breathe now and just not look at my bike for a few weeks <laughs> and, you know, go to the beach and, yeah, just okay. do nothing. So, so that really means that you're not riding, you're not training, you're just off the bike and just relaxing? Exactly. Um, sometimes I do a little bit of other exercise, you know, maybe a jog or go for a hike or something. But, yeah, it's the one period in the year where I'm allowed to do something different or nothing <laughs> at all. You know, yeah. normally it lasts anywhere from four to six weeks uh, because I was semi-off-season already after Paris Bay, but still kind of training for the gravel race. means now mm -hmm. I only take like three weeks off because then it's already late November, start December when I start again and the new season's just around the corner. Yeah, okay. And, I mean, having this super uh, hectic season and how... How difficult is it for you to really put the bike away and just relax and do nothing and not training at all? For me, it's pretty easy, actually. Um, normally, I keep busy in other ways. Uh, you know, I enjoy traveling as well and, you know, seeing different places. So, yeah, I'm quite happy. I'm, because I've been racing so long, I like that time when I don't have to ride my bike. And, of course, once towards the end, it's like, okay, I'm ready to start doing something feel like I've <laughs> need to get back into shape or feel a bit unfit I don't like that aspect for sure but yeah, yeah for me it's easy to put away and this year actually because okay. was continued traveling afterwards so ship the bikes back to Europe already so I have no bike anyway to be able to ride yeah okay but was it um was it like that forever or did you learn that this time is super important and um that you need this time um of resting I definitely learned, you know, when I was younger, I was just always riding, even in the off season, like, oh, I still want to ride. I want to go catch yeah. up with my friends and go to the coffee shop and this and that. But yeah, over time, I definitely learned that, you know, it's a long season, stressful season. And 
yeah, your body needs a rest. Like you could easily be training again after one week physically, but it's more the mental side that I think really needs a break. Um, particularly nowadays, as the level keeps getting higher and higher in women's cycling and the schedule more hectic. Like, yeah, you know, if you want to last a season at a top level, then you need everything. Just needs that like cool down yeah. time to just be away from it all and yeah, switch off completely. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So um, this season was a special season with Olympics and um, the World Championships and everything. Um, are you happy with the season? Yeah, I was actually. It's, you know, the last few seasons have been a little bit up and down and I haven't been able to find like my top form consistently. You know, it might pop up for one or two races, but on average they weren't great versus like this year, already at the start of last year when we restarted from the pandemic, I could feel I was on the way up and then this year I just managed to nail it and, you know, was consistently there for my team and even having a few opportunities myself to go for results again, which I haven't had that in a long time simply because I haven't mm -hmm. had the condition for the team to put the support behind me. And, and yeah, and then capping it off with the Olympic selection and going to Tokyo because, you know, for me that was always a big goal and a big dream. And I was so close mm -hmm. in both London and Rio and just fell short when it came to the final selection so so yeah like when I look back and you know see how the season's gone it was probably one of my strongest seasons to date and but I know there's definitely more more to come so yeah. so I'm I'm yeah looking forward to hoping taking it to another level next year oh, that's great so many sports have changed a lot in the in the last two years because of corona does it also apply to to road cycling Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, it's like a lot of sports as well. It's slowly getting back to its kind of normal in terms of the crowds and things like this. But, you know, there's so many extra paperwork and admin that needs to be done now, like with COVID tests before each race or, you know, working out if you race within 10 days and it's maybe one test or if there's, you know, a scare, then it's more testing. So that's definitely the biggest change. Um, when we restarted, It was about just trying to get travel. That was really difficult because, you know, it was so limited options and some people decided they'd start driving again instead of flying just to be safer as well. And, you know, mm -hmm. even like the bubble system and all these things. So definitely big changes and crowds weren't allowed. It was kind of like a semi-closed event. With cycling, it was more tricky to keep it closed because obviously we're on public roads. So anybody's sure. really free to watch, but they kind of kept the athletes quite protected, you know, the starts and the finishes. But towards the end of this season, we saw, you know, the crowds return. Like, if you saw the Flanders World Championships, it was huge crowds, you know. Yeah. It was kind of like back to the old. But, you know, from the rider side, we still had all those things we had to deal with, you know, just to be able to race there. Yeah. <clears throat> Can you feel the crowds when you're on the bike and you're you're fighting uh, each other? Is it important to, to have all the people on the sideline supporting you? Yeah, definitely. It makes, particularly in the critical moments, it makes a big difference. You know, the one thing I really noticed when we didn't have them was in Flesh Wallon, when we race up the Mur the final time, like, you know, to the finish, I was riding up there, I'd finished my job. And I was like, it just feels like I'm on a training ride now, you know, like there's <laughs> nothing there to help. When you're on such a hard climb like that, like when you have the energy and the passion and the fans just like, you know, screaming, you can feel that extra energy like yeah I want to push deeper and harder and or if you're just about to get dropped and but you can hear people like edging you on or you hear your name then you, I don't know I think it does give you that extra ability to be able to give you that 
you know, to push that little bit harder to try get back or to make the attack. Or so mm-hmm. in cycling, I definitely feel it, and yeah, in those moments, it's it's quite a nice feeling when you have a big crowd behind you. Yeah. Okay. So in most of your Insta posts, you always thank the whole team and the work they put in. To what extent is your sport teamwork work and? Uh, To what extent is it the individual athlete? I think these days in particular, it's very much team, you know. It's still only the one person that gets the result at the end. But mm-hmm. I think if you didn't have a team behind you, it's impossible to get that result. Like before in the early years of women's cycling, you could see individual athletes, you know, if they didn't have a strong team behind them, they could still get the result. But these days, you know, if you don't have that, then, yeah, it's pretty tricky. It's because it's every step to get to that final point. Like that person has the pressure to get the result, but you know, that the team need to be able to cover the attacks. You need to do the tactical ideas. You need to try out with your, your opponents and their team tactics. And, and then you have the people behind the scenes as well to get you on the start line ready, you know, from the soigneurs giving you the massages and preparing the bottles and the food and everything else to, yeah, the mechanics preparing the bikes and, and the staff you know making sure everything's perfect so you don't have to stress about all those other elements you can just be on the start line and race your bike you know so Mm -hmm. I'd say it's not really individual at all as much as from the outside it might look that way but yeah I think you really need a good team that believes in each other that believes in the common goal of trying to win the race to be successful okay I'm talking about the team who's racing with you um is it sometimes difficult for you to always depend on the team and if the team is not uh, competing that strong that you can't have the result you wanted even if you have a really good day or is it sometimes really good to know you have these people and if you don't have the best day there are still so many people who support you to get to the finish line and get the best result possible yeah I think you know it's you you, you understand the sport that Not everybody's always going to be on a perfect day. and But I think it's the attitude that you have within the team. That's what's the most important. If you have a team that maybe have some rise that you can see, don't have the enthusiasm that see aren't giving 100%, then that's when you'll see teams start to fall apart. You know, and every team goes through those phases. Even with us, Canyon Tram, we've had moments where, you know, we haven't had the confidence or we've been in a bit of like a drought of good results. And, yeah, it takes like a good leadership and to create that energy to say all right we can still do this you know we can beat Mm -hmm. those teams that are winning every week and but sure if you have also somebody on a phenomenal day they can get to a certain point that if they still believe that the team believe in them they can find a result as well like we saw that with Kazia uh, near Doma on when she went Amsel Gold like I think as Mm -hmm. a team a lot of us didn't have our best day but she was just on a phenomenal day she was left kind of unsupported towards you know the end end of the race but she still believed in her strengths and that she believed you know that the team believed in her and you know she put in that incredible performance won the race so that kind of shows that yeah it's it's more the mental side from that point I think you know mm-hmm. I think we always all have the capabilities maybe yeah it's your training hasn't gone right or you've overtrained or undertrained and these sorts of things and then maybe you're not ready on the day to line up but there should always be somebody who can like step in and kind of feel the spaces mm-hmm. if you know plan a doesn't go because more often than not plan a 
doesn't happen. It's plan B, C, D or E or even Z, you know, even the person who's not meant to win steps up and finds themselves in the right break and has to then take on the responsibility for the team. So that's what's quite unique with cycling. Like there's always opportunities. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're started now racing gravel and did, was it your your first gravel race which, uh, which you did this year? How was the experience for you? Yeah, so um, for me it was like the team idea and combined with Canyon to, and, and even all the other partners, even Shram and everybody else to say, yeah, try something different, you know. This was when Ronnie, our director, team manager, was like, could see I needed something different and also saw mm -hmm. the benefit of gravel and in my strength. But I really enjoyed it. Like I actually did my first race in 2019 uh, with... Uh, with Canyon in at SPT Gravel it was more just as an idea like for a kind of sponsor promotion type thing where myself and Ella Harris were my teammates they just want us to go race this race for fun and and um, before because we're Colorado Classic a race there afterwards and for me I was like sure this sounds fun and I had a great time then but you know I didn't think I'll get to revisit Gravel again this time around obviously I was doing it more seriously it was to try win the race the, the biggest race and but it was the same kind of sensations like the vibe around you know it's got a really fun atmosphere Gravel like everybody's there to mm -hmm. have a good time get their buddies together you know drink beers and <laughs> enjoy the festivities but then you get on the start line it's like all right let's go race But it's also like mass participation. So it's like men and women starting on the start line together. Um, in the biggest race, so in the black one, which was 240K or something, so pretty long, mm -hmm. like it was started hard. And that was the biggest surprise to me. Like I thought, oh, you know, it'll be a nice, easy rollout. Because that was my experience <laughs> in when I did the 100 mile one. Yeah. But no, it was like full gas. And I was like, if we go for this, it's going to be a seven hour race or something, like I won't make it. And but you quickly separate and you find your groups and things like this but but i loved it you know it's it's a nice to do something different it's a different yeah like i said different atmosphere to the, to the road a lot more relaxed but you still get a really hard day of racing and a really hard workout in but for sure that's much more individualized the gravel side and you know so that has taken some getting used to you know learning to kind of semi-support yourself and learn how to have enough fuel for for a much longer race than what we're racing on the road and you know I'm not there with teammates or anything either so it's also being able to work out all right I can utilize that person or that person to to kind of get myself yeah. to the finish and things like this but, but it's been fun yeah but I think this is a the big difference between the gravel racing and the um, the road racing in gravel it depends more on, on your strengths on on this day Is that uh, is it good for you that you really know if I'm finished the race or if I'm winning the race? It's just me. Yeah, it's it's different feeling, I guess you could say. Of course, you know that to know that you got there and got yourself to the finish and won, like kind of on your own. It, it's a pretty nice feeling, but there's also something nice about you know if you finish and you win, and then you have all your teammates there to celebrate with mm -hmm. afterwards. It's also nice. Instead, I have you know my closest people around me who have been there to support me at the race. I could celebrate with but yeah it, it's just I guess you could say a different feeling but more responsibility on yourself to know it's it's only me here to do it and I whatever I get out of myself is the end result at the end of the day versus you know on the road it's like I know if I've given everything but I know if I'm finishing 10 minutes down but my teammates are then delivered the results it's you get different feelings for the job that you've done 
I yeah. guess. If you kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you like it, um, will you continue to to ride gravel races in the future? Yeah, definitely. That's still the plan, and the team are still happy for me to do that. I still have a lot of you know ambition on the road, particularly after this season, but. I like the idea of the combination, you know, doing like, let's say, the big block of the Spring Classics, because they're always my favourite time of the year, part of the season, and, and then having that little break and going off and doing some gravel races where, yeah, I can go target my own goals and things like this and then come back. So I like the idea of the mixed the mixed season, um, mm -hmm. and that is the plan to keep doing that, just trying to find the right balance, because the one thing with gravel a lot is in North America, so the travel is obviously quite a bit if you're going there every other month to, to race gravel, mm -hmm. but it's finding the right balance of that. And I think as the sport continues to grow, we're going to see more races in Europe and, and even other places yeah. around the world. So I think that would be good. So then maybe I can put in a few more races if there's some in in Europe and then only do the handful in, in America. But but yeah, it's a plan cool. to keep it's, mixing it's it up. <laughs> good to see you there. So... Um, so If you follow you on, on Instagram, you see that you're traveling the world from race to race, and then you joining your friend Walter Ribottas to his um, Formula One races. How hard is it to train properly with this schedule? Um, actually, I'm pretty good at being quite flexible, and you know, some people are these people that. They need routine, they need to be in the same place and know there's my climb, there's my sprint sector to be able to do my training and this and that. Versus me, I've always been quite free-spirited, I guess you could say, and, you know, I can mm -hmm. adapt to many locations. So, you know, I'm fortunate that, obviously, like, he can support me in my race and I can support him in his races, but as long as I have my bike, I can train anywhere. And in the European races, we'll travel in a motorhome, so then I can keep my bike there all the time. We stay at the track and I just say, all right, I'll look at... Strava or some other thing and find some routes, find what I need for the training of the day and can train. So mm -hmm. for sure this time of the year it's trickier because we're we're abroad going from continent to continent, but it's also my off season so I can do that in the when I'm racing then I can't do like the flyaways, but in the European races, yeah. I managed quite alright and obviously it's working for now. <laughs> my training's improved <laughs> my racing's improved, not decreased, so Yeah. But yeah, yeah, for me it's about just being happy and being in good headspace and for sure, you know, the travel's a lot and it's hectic, but yeah, it's I'm still enjoying myself and being happy and, and able to train well, so yeah. yeah. And I think this is uh being happy is the most important thing with traveling. Uh with um with training. So a happy racer is a is a fast racer, I think. Exactly. I think that's for most things in life, you know. Yeah. yeah if you're in a good mind mind space and you know yeah. yeah the the mind is very powerful and the opportunity is endless yeah yeah definitely so you're from australia your team is based in girona you live in monaco you're traveling um to finland but where exactly is your home base where you really can rest and and enjoy and focus on training and uh, prepare for the new season Yeah, so for me, home is in Monaco, south of France. Um, that's where I kind of set up base. Uh, it's where I've been, yeah, for the last 10, 11 years. And yeah, so that's where we call 
home <laughs> you know <laughs> starting somewhere in the middle amongst everything like since racing I've had to be based in Europe like it's impossible to live in Australia because you know it's yeah. a bit of a long flight to do that every other week to get to the races so yeah made the decision when I came to Europe that I would be yeah be based somewhere first it was in Italy with the national team and then I was in Girona for a year and then I eventually found myself in Monaco and and that area so yeah that's yeah. that's where the training base is <laughs> which is definitely not the the worst space to or the worst place to live yeah yeah I've been pretty fortunate there you know and there's a lot of other professional cyclists and fresh athletes in general so it's got great training we got the mountains on our doorstep and you got the coast if you want something a little bit flatter it's missing dead flat roads so that's always hard for a recovery day but yeah aside mm -hmm. from that you know we're spot with the weather and the airport's super close which is also important when you're traveling every other week yeah and will you spend the most time of the 2022 preparation around home around monaco or will you traveling to training camps and uh, flying around in the off season as well Uh, still trying to work that out exactly. Um, for sure, we have some team training camps. The first one will be in January, um, either in Spain or Italy, and there'll be a second one in February. Uh, normally, I like to be able to go back to Australia um, during you know the December January time. Mm -hmm. uh, so last year was the first year I didn't do that. So we'll see how it is. Like the country's finally opening up, so if we can get some time there to train, it'll be good. Or also go back to my boyfriend's home in Finland um, where well his original home because there's also you know I did a winter training there last year and very different to anything I'm used to but again it was yeah it, it was really fun and I think I benefited really well like I wasn't riding my bike that much it was only indoor training because that time of year it's yeah. super cold it's snowy it's everything but you can do a lot of fun winter activities and again something I'd never done before because I was always following the sun and every off season I'll go back to Australia see my family mm -hmm. and train there and so yeah it'll be a balance between those locations and of course down around Monaco as well but yeah just see where the wind takes us <laughs> okay so as you already said um, your performance is still increasing you had a really good year in 2021 what what do you expect for uh, 2022 what are your goals well of course I'm hoping to take it to another level like these days I'm normally you know m more than not riding as like a team support you know as a domestique but also as the road captain but I still have ambitions to get results myself and get back to that level where the team can count on me as another card they can play, like, you know, when you're bouncing off. So the goal is to get back onto the podium. Um, you know, I'd love to get a win again. And then, of course, keep thriving on the gravel scene. You know, I already had a podium and a win on gravel, but to get some more of that. Um, next year is also a big year for, you know, representing Australia. It's a Commonwealth Games year, um, which for mm -hmm. those who don't know Commonwealth Games, like, For those nations, it's pretty big. It's kind of like an Olympics for nations that were settled by the Brits. Um, mm -hmm. And that's in Birmingham, and it looks like it could be potentially a fun course, so something to target. And then we have World Championships in Australia, um, which is, you know, okay. home World Championships is always special. So that's going to be a big goal to target to see, you know, what we can do there. But, yeah, just keep, keep enjoying it and keep striving for the best possible results. And, yeah, hopefully get some podiums again. That sounds uh, sounds really good. So yeah, this year was uh, obviously obviously as special with Olympics and and stuff. So if you do 
have to pick one event for, for next year, which is the event you're looking forward to the most? Uh, it's also the first time in 30 years a women are going to have a Tour de France again. So I guess I'll say that one, even though, you know, everybody okay. <laughs> wants to be named in that team. <laughs> so for sure, you also need to get selected first. Um, but I think that's going to be a huge event, you know, and it's a huge moment for women's cycling. Um, but I also love the one day classic. So I'm going to be cheeky here and do two and have another crack at Paris-Roubaix, I think, after <laughs> the first one. And being quite mentally tired, but still having a decent race, I think that's when I'd like to have another, you know, big, big push out to see if we can improve further. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then thanks a lot for your time, and uh, I think you need to to leave your hotel quite uh, quite soon. So thanks for your time, and I wish you all the best for your winter preparation, and hope to talk to you next year again. Yes, Th thanks. Thanks for having me and thanks for the chat. Bye-bye. See you.